Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is doing what she does best. As a young girl, she was scolded for talking too much to her neighbors in class. After years of trying to be quiet, she discovered that speaking up about taboo topics is her strength. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. She is a wealth psychology expert who has helped thousands of advisors and clients communicate more effectively about money. Now, listen to Kathleen as she assists today's guest in busting their favorite money myth wide open. Hello, Nancy. It's so great to have you as part of the show. Um, Nancy Nelson is my guest today. Uh, She's going to be talking about a myth that I find very interesting. But before we share her myth, let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Nancy Nelson uh, sold her financial planning practice in 2012 after more than 30 years as a fee-only planner. So she certainly knows about the financial services industry. Uh, During that time, she was sometimes on the bleeding edge in developing custom software as well as ways of working from a remote office outside the U.S. She regularly spoke to the general public and fellow professionals and for many years wrote the Efficient Planner column for the NAPFA Advisor, which is a great trade magazine if you're not in the in the business. Um, now, Nancy's in her encore career. She mentors fellow retirees and their advisors on how to ease the transition from meaningful work to meaningful retirement. She shares her insights by speaking to professional groups and working one-on-one with clients. Um, her website is beyondenough.org. Welcome, Nancy, to the call. It's so exciting to have you today. Thanks for asking me. I'm enjoying this. Excellent. Well, listen, I'm going to just throw out what your myth is, and then you can explain what motivated you to pick this myth. Um, as my listeners know, every episode we have a particular myth that someone wants to bust wide open. And Nancy came up with, with enough money, life will be perfect, which is very intriguing to me. So tell me a little bit, Nancy, about what motivated you to pick this myth. Well, I saw clients who reached what they perceived as a finish line of having enough money and all of a sudden there was this emptiness. I, I'm, Kathleen, I'm going to back up just a little bit and explain what I mean about the myth. Absolutely, I, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, talk about people who are hoping to win the lottery or I, I'm talking about what I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are people who just are working and regularly saving and investing. And on those days when, I don't know, maybe they're working parents and they're stuck in a commute and they have a big um, deadline coming up, they go to themselves, oh, as soon as I have enough money, um, everything's going to be so great. That's that's the, the message that I want people to think through um, that this idea that once you have enough money, whatever that means to you, then all of a sudden you have more of the time and energy that you put into getting money and voila, uh, you'll have no more problems. And and I can tell you based on personal experience, I'm 65 now, that it, it just 
um, isn't that simple. Their time and energy are still limited. We still have to make choices. And sometimes the structure that was present in our work life or parenting or caregiving life, when it's gone, um, we flounder around a bit. And my main message is to let people know it's okay to flounder. It's normal. (laughs) I actually love that message. As a fully recovered therapist before I started doing what I do now, um, I would, uh, I think that's the human experience. But so, so basically the myth is it's that the idea that if I'm stressed at work and I think, oh, there's some like, just some end to this. This is going to just be this perfect lifestyle when I get to retire, when I get to stop working. That the idea that 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 may motivate us, it may allow us to do certain things, that in some ways that's that's a big myth that people need to bust open. I- right. Yeah. Right. And it's a great motivation because honestly, if you didn't think there was some value to not spending a dollar today, you'd spend it. (laughs) So um, it helps reinforce the delayed gratification. It's just that it can lead to such a letdown. Um, If someone was suddenly expecting this sort of Facebook um, perfect, you know, baking cookies with the grandkids and puttering in the garden and and that everything, that all their life's problems are going to disappear. That's the, it takes work to retire successfully. And sometimes the same skills that helped us professionally and whatever it is we did are not the same thing that helps us retire successfully. Well, and when you talk about retirement, it's very interesting because I, I am not close to retirement yet. I'm getting there. Uh, but my uh, two of my good girlfriends are right. One is um, thinking about it. One just retired. And so watching um, someone go through that is kind of an interesting process. And so um, can you tell me maybe a story or something from your own life about how this myth actually gets in the way or what can happen for people if they buy into the idea that, oh, if I just hang in there and once I retire, life will be perfect? Sure. I... um probably was first taught this lesson by a wonderful client when I was a young planner. I should tell you I started planning in the early 80s when it was all about the numbers. You know, I got to reach my number and then I'll retire. And I'll never forget the first client when I was able to show him that he could afford to retire. He was not going to run out of money. And I was so excited. And he just sat there quietly for a few seconds and he said, you know, Nancy, I had the flu last week and the only people who knew I was sick were my coworkers. He said, I don't have enough friends to retire. Oh, wow. How insightful, you mm. know, I, I had to keep learning that lesson over and over again. But what he chose to do was um, buy an RV join a local RV club, go on their outings on the weekends and sometimes longer trips. And he he got to meet people that shared his values and interests. And a year later, he retired and he was very happy. So he really prepped in, in terms of looking at it holistically, that it's not just about the dollars and cents in the bank, but it's also about what your life going to look like at this next phase. That's really neat that he prepared that way. Do, do people typically do that? Or do they tend to kind of think, oh, it'll all work itself out? Well, you know, 
people retire the same way they lived. I sometimes lead uh, retreats in Costa Rica for people that are thinking of retiring. And um, earlier this year, I was just looking at the couples that were on the retreat and there was one person that was a researcher and he's you know what is the meaning of happiness he he was an (laughs) academic and someone else was a list maker I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that and my husband bless his heart this is so different than me but we make a great team this way he's like well just jump in and try something and if it doesn't work um Make adjustments as you go. So I don't want to imply that there's a right way to do this, but there probably is a right way for each one of your listeners. And so how do you, if somebody's listening in, how do you find out your right way? Like, how do you get in touch with that? Because we're, we're just so busy kind of doing our day-to-day of what we've been doing. And if you worked, you know, if you've been working 30 40 years, you kind of get used to whatever structure is currently going on. So what are some of the tips you'd give people to kind of figure out what's my way and and how do I start looking at this question of what will my life look like? Well, one of the first big things is the decision of whether to even, quote, retire or not. And I want to cast a wide net here because I, I don't know if you're familiar with Mr. Money Mustache, but His approach is this aggressive savings and retirement at a very young age. And so there's a lot of different paths to this financial independence. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to work anymore. But I think my first piece of advice to people would be to be authentic. Um, Be in touch with who I am and what is it that I'm getting out of work. You know, most of us are not hard rock miners. I, we're we're thinkers. We we make our living using our head, and we get tremendous rewards from it. Where we get to be creative, we get to be part of a team. Uh, in the best case, we're uh, providing a service or a mission that we feel real excited about. And one perfectly valid decision is to say, I, I don't want to leave this. I, I, I'm not doing it for the money. And the idea, and I think there's a trend, right, that a lot of people are working in retirement, the work may look a little bit different, it may not be as many hours, or it may be something that's a kind of a passion project. But isn't that a trend that's happening in our society in general? It is. And um there's a lot of paths you can take. You can say, I'm not going to make a change at all. Uh, Our family general practitioner decided to become a dermatologist. You know, we took a a detour (laughs) in in the same general field. You might decide to become a mentor um, and help younger people in your practice. It, It can be especially difficult for people who get their all their values met through work. So my bottom line I'm trying to get across is know what it is you're getting from work. And then if if something changes, um, maybe you'll decide it's time to leave. Or you may decide it's time to leave. Maybe your spouse is retiring or heaven forbid someone's really ill. But if you know what you're getting from work, then it can help you fill that need outside of work. Like I found out 
I really like being part of a team. I don't like sitting alone and writing blog posts or things like that. So how did you, um, how have you been able to incorporate that in kind of your transition? Doing things like this, having podcasts, um, training planners on on what to do. I love to gather knowledge and I can get kind of stuck in the analysis piece and, and sharing it um, is what gives it meaning to me. So it's interesting because my husband and I, um, we're in our, we just turned 50, both of us. I think he just turned 51. And so uh, occasionally we talk a little bit about it. And he, you know, he really likes his job. He loves what he does. He loves the company. We love where we live. Um, you know, my career is definitely been my passion my whole life. And uh, we have a very different initial view of retirement, like he's definitely retiring. And he is the type of person that has so many activities in his life, biking and skiing and hiking and all sorts of stuff. Um, that, and I also think knowing the type of person that he is, I think he could do that transition and go from working to not working and still really fill his days where I say to him, I don't think I'm going to retire. I might work less, but I just absolutely love the impact that I get to have in my company. Um, and so if you have a couple that, you know, that have slightly different views, and I imagine that that's common, how do you work with them or do you work with them, Nancy, to help them figure out how to do this transition, knowing that it's not going to be perfect, um, but it's going to be something that they have to be conscious to think through? You know, I think you said the key words of, of just being conscious, being aware, so that they can plan some things together. You, you've heard the old saw, I, I said for better or for worse, but I never said for lunch. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know, being joined at the hip um, doesn't work for very many people, but being just roommates usually isn't what we're after either. So it's really, I mean, I guess it's having these conversations, you know, my, um, this is called Breaking Money Silence, the podcast, and my next book is called Breaking Money Silence. And it's really about having these important conversations. So it strikes me as one of the conversations that you're recommending people have is um, that once we do get a place where maybe financially we can retire, what is life going to look like? And, and how do you define, instead of using the word perfect, maybe a successful retirement or a satisfying or gratifying retirement? I I like those words a lot. And if if you or your listeners ever want a good chuckle, Google uh, the word retirement <laughs> and hit images. And it's all just these smiling. Um, it's usually couples. Um, usually they're white. They're finally starting to get some people of color included in that. Um, and everybody's healthy. Everybody's smiling. Um, so I do think that this breaking the silence and, and telling each other or your friends and family that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time with this or uh, I, it's so important to me to not send a message that you should do this or you should not do this, this other thing. But I've met people who have stayed working, not because they love it, but they've either seen loved ones, in my generation, it would typically be our fathers, go into a horrible decline as soon as they retire. So I have clients, Kathleen, who've asked me not even to use the word retirement. It's so negative to them. Um, so 
it's one thing to stay in your work because you love it and you find it rewarding in non-financial ways. But I, I, I hate to think of people staying in it because they're afraid of retirement. They don't know what they're going to do. And people like you, as you described yourself, if you're so passionate about work, it can be really hard to what at the same time you're doing all this work stuff and trying to have a family life to also explore retirement. So there there was a study that the Age Wave group did for Merrill Lynch that talked about the time between leaving work and really hitting your stride. And the average is two and a half years. Wow. Uh, it's so yeah. I was guessing maybe a year in my head as you were saying that. So two and a half years for people to kind of make this transition and feel comfortable with it. Exactly. And an, uh, another study showed it can take up to five years if you sold a business. And it involves some grieving. I don't mean like sobbing in my pillow, but sadness at the business that I built up and my employees and our clients, um, not having them be part of our life. So some of the greatest relief I see and hear in my clients is simply giving them permission. I call that the gap, (laughs) you know, like mind the gap if you've ridden the uh, London subway. And it's okay to have that. Some people like to think of it as a sabbatical Um, and then when it and kind of the traditional retirement our parents had maybe there's a dream trip maybe you want to fold all your t-shirts like that young Japanese woman suggests you know just (laughs) the things you never had time to do while you were working and and let it be okay to not exactly know how you're going to be of service to humanity or what your legacy is going to be or those big life questions just kind of play for a while well my my girlfriend who recently retired i was over at her house two weeks ago and she told me that she finally alphabetized her spice rack i said (laughs) really (laughs) and she was thrilled i mean that fits with her personality that really was a fun activity for her and i thought great so um she's like yeah in retirement you get all these things done um, but, you know, it, it's before we kind of need to transition because this, this show goes so quick, Nancy, and this is such an interesting topic, um, you know, the idea of how your parents retired and what that looked like, I think, is really a vital one to consider. You know, what did that look like? Did you have parents that retired? Um, was it a happy time? Was it a hard time? Was it a sad time? Um, I happen to come from a long line of people who have longevity, who uh, really embraced retirement. You know, not that it was always easy, or it certainly was not perfect, but um, really had a, an ability to play and, and, you know, had financially planned so they could afford to. So I have kind of a positive association with it, where I know some people don't. And so I think you raise such important, uh, such an important myth that we really need to think about is, first of all, life is never perfect. Um, and, uh, but certainly thinking that somehow you're going to work your whole life and get to this place where it's nirvana. Um, it really sounds like the work that you do with clients is helping them be more realistic around it. Now, um, if you had to reframe the myth with enough money, life will be perfect. If you had to think of a different way of saying it, that, that just more encapsulates the kind of work that you do, do you have a sense of what that phrase would look like or what you would say to, to somebody who's listening? Thank you. 
if you will ignore, this is not a myth. This is more <laughs> advice, okay. and I guess you put a knot in front of it. Don't get swept up. We we live in a consumer economy, and we're we just swim in this water that tells us if we have one more thing or one more experience, life will be better than it is now. And if you can step back from that and be in touch with who you are now, not who you were when you chose your college major, not who you were uh, when you were a working parent, but who are you now, you will find a way to have the right balance for you between structure and freedom and uh, contribution and I'll call, uh, self uh, focus on self and creativity and just getting the job done. And I think as boomers, we have tremendous potential to unleash a lot of energy and caring. Awesome. That's a nice way of putting it. So um, I imagine some people do this work on their own. They might get a book. They might just be the type of person who thinks that through. But I also know that you offer some support to um, individuals or couples who uh, might want some support during this process. So can you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and your work, Nancy? I'd be glad to. I have a website called beyondenough.org. The, the whole name of my business was what do I, I have enough. Now, what do I do now that I am beyond enough? Some of the things we've touched on here, uh, what are my family stories about retirement? Um, what did I accomplish during my work life? What did it mean to me? Are available as free worksheets on that website for people to download. And I'm writing a, an ebook that will be uh, available on that when it's ready that'll be full of this kind of worksheet. Excellent. Well, listen, you'll have to let us know when that ebook is ready and we'll um, do a little blog post and, and update people. Uh, in the interim, I definitely um, want people to look at the write-up about Nancy and her background and, and go to her website, beyondenough.org. I had the fortune to spend some time there and there's a lot of good resources. Um, and Nancy, thank you so much for taking time to talk about this myth, um, with enough money, life will be perfect. And and what I love is that you are really doing your, your passion and your life's work. You're kind of... Um, walking the walk, so to speak, uh, in helping people reframe that and live uh, a really nice transition and in, in, into retirement. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My new book, Breaking Money Silence, will be out in the fall of 2017. In the interim, feel free to subscribe to Breaking Money Silence, the podcast, where we have uh, really great guests like Nancy on every other week. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard, then check out more podcasts at breakingmoneysilence.com or subscribe on iTunes.com. Need a fun, engaging speaker for your next event? Go to kbkwealthconnection.com and find out how to book Kathleen today. Be sure to share today's show so together we can break money silence for good.